your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 552 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, just a couple of minutes ago, in fact, wrapping up a rough 5-2 loss in Minnesota against the Wild Something that I said when I recorded my Locked On Now video for the night, and you can find that on Twitter. Basically, we just record these, you know, 90-second videos uh, summarizing a game or, you know, big news with the team and just kind of offer some quick thoughts. But the one prevailing thought for me watching this game and then also kind of looking back on it once it was over is that the Rangers never really matched the Minnesota Wilds' desperation in this game. And let me actually just back up for a second because I want to also address the fact that I think there are a certain amount of Ranger fans who on Twitter you see them and they seem to you know not understand how can the Rangers play this badly against a Minnesota Wild team that has lost six out of seven games coming into it and end up you know on the short end of a five to two score. I think that's just the thing. The Minnesota Wild are a better team than they've shown recently. They were absolutely desperate for a win in this game. And if you showed this game to somebody that's never watched a single hockey game in their life and you told them, okay, which team looks desperate, excuse me, to maintain their spot in the playoffs and which team doesn't really have that same amount of desperations, I think even somebody watching hockey for the first time probably wouldn't be able to figure that out because save for, you know, a five or so minute period in the second period, I don't think the Rangers were really the better team for just about any of this game here tonight. You know, the Wild obviously got off to a better start. They get up two to nothing. Uh, The Rangers come storming back. You end up uh, with Mika Zibanejad scoring one of the most beautiful Ranger goals of this season. It's a shame that it ended up being wasted because the goal by Mika happened while the Rangers were shorthanded. And let's just shout out Mika Zibanejad real quick here. I mean, this guy has just been on fire. He's all over the ice. He does literally everything to help this New York Ranger team. I think he's been their best player uh, since the All-Star break has ended. Uh, But he scored a fantastic goal here. Uh, basically, he's applying some pressure in the neutral zone. He deflects a pass by the Minnesota Wild. There's a situation where Zuccarello, our old friend, has to go back and get it. And uh, he is met from behind by Mika Zibanejad, and Mika lifts Zuccarello's stick. And keep in mind, is not used to being in this position as a forward, you know, going back and getting the puck in this kind of a predicament. But Mika lifts Zuccarello's stick, takes the puck away. Puts just a ridiculous move on another one of our old friends, Cam Talbot, and uh, slides a backhand into the twine, ties the game at 2-2. Two to two. And after that happened, you're thinking like, okay, you know, the Rangers, rough start tonight. Uh, took them a little while to get going, but they're going to start to take advantage of a Minnesota Wild team that really hasn't played that well recently. They're going to basically just surge forward and run away with this game. And in fact, the exact opposite happened because... I mentioned that the Mika Zibanejad goal came while the Rangers were shorthanded, uh, but the Wild ended up scoring later in this very same power play. That gave them a 3-2 lead. They just applied tremendous pressure on the play. Uh, I believe, I don't have the box score in front of me, I believe it was Fiala who scored to make it 3-2, and then the Wild tack on two more goals to close out the second period and take a 5-2 lead into the third period, which was also the final score of the night. And 
Listen, Alex Georgiev really has not played well recently. The one thing that I'll say in his very slight defense is that the Rangers did not do him any favors in this game. I thought they pretty much hung him out to dry in the second period. Uh, the Wild ended up just getting way, way too many odd man rushes. And for all the goals that Alex Georgiev let in in this game here tonight, uh, I do think he actually made some good saves as well. The worst goal of the night that Alex Georgiev gave up was the one that opened the scoring. The Wild carried the puck over the blue line, took a shot from fairly far away, and I don't know if Georgiev maybe had his vision blocked by uh, one of his defensemen or whatever it might have been, but it hit Georgiev right in the blocker, but nevertheless trickled into the net, and uh, the Wild kind of got a gift early in this game. You know, that's a struggling team over there. They haven't played well. They haven't gotten any uh, of the breaks recently. They haven't really gotten any puck luck. That's the kind of thing that the Wild needed to break their way. And obviously, once something like that happens, when you're a team that's been slumping, sometimes that's all you need. It's like, all right, you know what? It's going to turn around for us. Maybe that happened for the Minnesota Wild uh, when that goal was scored right there and just kind of set the tone for the entire night. But uh, getting back to Georgiev real quick here, he has really really struggled lately. When you look at his last handful of games, and we're not going to count that game against the Bruins where he came in for just 41 seconds uh, at the end of regulation there, but you look at the last four games that he started, and he gave up five goals tonight against the Wild. He gave up four against the Canucks. He gave up four against the Blue Jackets, and he gave up six against the Carolina Hurricanes. So on average, in his last, let's see, that would be four games, he's giving up five goals on the average. And that's obviously just not going to get done. The Rangers have lost all four of those games. Georgiev has lost his last five games overall. And it's one of those things where I can't completely kill. I mean, listen, he hasn't played well, but Georgiev struggles when he plays sparingly. And Georgiev has played very sparingly. I just gave you all of his recent box scores. As far as the dates that these games were played on, obviously this game against the Minnesota Wild happened earlier tonight, March 8th. Uh, you had before that, the last time he played was February 27th. And again, we're going to ignore that game against Boston where he only played for 41 seconds. His most recent performance before February 27th was January 27th and then January 21st before that. So he plays extremely sparingly. I think when Igor was out of the lineup and unavailable earlier in the season, that's definitely when we saw the best uh, side of Alex Uria because he was in the lineup night after night, played some pretty good hockey for the Rangers. And in many instances was not just... Uh, a reason why the Rangers were not winning games. He was a reason why they were winning games. And so uh, it's just unfortunate to see him uh, basically fall apart like this. It's unfortunate for a lot of reasons. I mean, for starters, the Rangers are going to need Alex Georgiev down the stretch a little bit here. Igor Shesterkin is not going to play every single one of the remaining games here. I would imagine the Rangers would like to mix in Alex Georgiev from time to time, keep Igor Shesterkin fresh for the playoffs. But the other big thing here is we've got this trade deadline coming up. It's less than two weeks away here, guys. And the Rangers, there's a lot of different things they could do, a lot of different routes they could go down here. But one of the names that always comes up when it comes to Ranger trade talk is indeed Alex Georgiev. And every single time he steps onto the ice and has a performance like this, his trade value just sinks. I mean, it sinks. Who... I mean, imagine you're a fan of, you know, a team that's not in the playoff picture right now. Basically, just picture the Rangers from any of the last couple of seasons here, this season, thankfully notwithstanding. But imagine you're a team like, I don't know, like the Coyotes, uh, maybe the Blackhawks. I, I realize the Blackhawks have Flurry right now, but you got to figure he's going to be traded. A team that's looking for like a young goalie. Not that Georgiev is even super young anymore. I mean, he is 26 years old. It's not ancient either, but it's not like he's just breaking into the NHL. But imagine you're one of those teams and they decide to trade for Alex Georgiev. Are you really going to be that excited about that? And so, probably not. And, and so, I think 
you know, Ranger fans have to be realistic when it comes to Georgiev trade talk. There might be some people who don't want to trade him at all, but if the Rangers do trade Alex Georgiev, the return might be fairly minimal right now because I just don't think they have a leg to stand on. You've got a goalie that now has a goals against average of 3.05 and a save percentage of 897. I mean, there's nothing really to write home about there. He's 7-8 and 2 on the season, so... Uh, we'll see how it all shakes out, but obviously Alex Georgiev struggling in recent games for the Rangers, but he was far from the uh, only issue that the Rangers had. As I mentioned, they hung him out to dry at, at certain times in the second period, giving up just a ton of odd man rushes, but we're going to continue breaking down everything that happened in this game between the Rangers and the Wild in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I am sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate. Low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart because you will be blown away. High-protein, low-calorie, high-fiber, low-carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. As far as the Ranger lineup for this game, everything was mostly the same. The only change is that the Rangers went back from the formula from the last game, which was 11 forwards and 7 defensemen, to the standard 12 forwards and 6 defensemen. And in so doing, uh, Julian Gauthier was back into the lineup and Libor Hayek came out of the lineup. I kind of figured this is the way the Rangers would roll. I just couldn't see them, uh, you know, going with the 11 and 7 as the norm going forward, especially when you consider how sparingly that Libor Hayek uh, played in that game against the Jets. I thought there was at least a chance that maybe they might roll with it one more time tonight, simply because you know how it is with these coaches. They don't like to touch the lineup after a win, and particularly after a win in which the entire team plays very well, as, as the Rangers did against the Jets. But Gautier's back out there. I thought Gautier looked better in this game than he has in a while, but I don't know. I, I still just see it as kind of an uphill battle for Julian Gauthier to remain a fixture in this Ranger lineup. I mean, when you consider uh, guys like Capo Caco eventually coming back from injury, guys like Kevin Rooney eventually coming back from injury, you know, maybe Vitaly Krasov ends up back on the Rangers at some point. His team, by the way, Tractor in the KHL, swept their opponent in the first round. So it's going to be at least a little while longer until uh, Krasov's season ends in the KHL. I'm not sure the Rangers would even want to go down that road. Um, but then you've also got Sammy Blay, who it looked like he was going to be out for the season. But if he comes back at the optimistic side of the initial injury timetable that he was given, it's at least possible he could get back out there. Um, you know, he was on the Ranger bench the other day. There was a video of him uh, basically shooting pucks at the net from the Ranger bench. He didn't have his skates on or anything like that, but he had his hockey stick and was just shooting pucks at the net. Uh, one of his teammates was out there on the ice for him. I didn't see who that was, but uh, 
Blay, I mean, I suppose it can never be ruled out. And then on top of that, you know, whatever the Rangers are going to do at the trade deadline. I got to believe they're going to add bare minimum at least one forward. When you factor all of this in and you also consider the fact that Morgan Barron is somebody who might eventually get a little bit more of a chance than he's uh, been given so far. I don't know how Julian Gauthier remains in this lineup come playoff time. Maybe it could happen. Maybe if he steps it up a little bit, um, you know, it, it's at least possible. But I don't know. It, it just seems like an uphill battle. But he was back out there on the third line on the right wing. He was joined by Philip Heedle at center, Barclay Goodrow at the left wing. Uh, the top six remained all intact. You know, everything that the Rangers uh, have been going with. They did make some changes uh, in the second period and then especially in the third period. And we'll get into those in just a second as well. Uh, but then the fourth line, Johnny Brodzinski moves down to the center spot after being on the right wing third line spot in the previous game. And Brodzinski on the fourth line centers Tim Gettinger and Ryan Reeves. And one other important distinction I want to make here. We know that Kako and Rooney are out of the lineup with injuries. Uh, obviously, Sammy Blay, we just talked about him a second ago. I just wanted to at least mention him and just kind of remind everybody that he still exists. At least It's at least possible, possible that he could come back uh, at some point this season, although it certainly seems to be an uphill battle. But Greg McKaig, he was out of the lineup, but he is still not being considered a healthy scratch. He is uh, an unhealthy scratch. And so uh, we'll see if the Rangers you know, feel compelled to put McKeg back into the lineup. I don't really see a need for that, but uh, they do seem to like him. He does play hard. You have to give him that. I would like to see Morgan Barron get an opportunity, but uh, we'll see. You know, the Rangers definitely have some options going forward. And, um, you know, again, that trade deadline is coming up. This could be a uh, very different looking bottom six by the time that the trade deadline comes and goes and by the time that the Rangers are presumably heading into the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We will see how that all shakes out. Uh, but one thing that I wanted to do here for sure is just uh, give kind of a shout out to Dryden Hunt. Dryden Hunt has been miscast as a top six forward on this team. Uh, he has been the basically starting second line right winger for quite some time now. He's been out there playing with Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin. And it's funny because... You know, during this game, I just started to feel like there were too many times in recent Ranger games where scoring opportunities for that second line are kind of being wasted on Dryden Hunt. I mean, you've got Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom on that line, two of the absolute best passers on the team. And even in this game, there was a situation where Ryan Strom was behind the goal line. This happened in the second period when the Rangers were still down 2 nothing. But Strom is behind the goal line. He makes a pass in front to Dryden Hunt, and Hunt basically just shanks his shot. And, you know, the the feeling that I had at that time and something that I wrote down into my notes and something that I'm going to share with you guys now, even though Dryden Hunt went on to score just a short time after this, is that the Rangers cannot go into the playoffs with Dryden Hunt on their second line. That's just not good enough. When Dryden Hunt scored a goal in this game, and good for him, you know, I'm very, very happy for Dryden Hunt. He is a player that busts his tail and works very hard. I just think he's miscast as a second liner. I'm not even mad at Dryden Hunt for his lack of offensive production because what do you expect? That's just not who Dryden Hunt is. He's not somebody that's going to go out there and stuff the score sheet every single night. But the Rangers have had him on the second line due in part to a complete lack of options as far as who you want to put there on the second line right wing spot. And as a result, I, I think it kind of uh, hurts the second line, at least to a certain extent. But I was happy for Dryden Hunt because he was really upset with himself after, you know, shanking this scoring opportunity when Strom passed to him. And I believe it was on the second line's very next shift. Yet Artemi Panarin moving the puck up the boards along the left side to Ryan Strom. Strom gains the blue line. It's a two on one and he passes to his right to Dryden Hunt, and Hunt just buries his shot 
uh, scoring on the short side to cut the wild lead to two to one. And again, your second line right winger, and not just somebody who played on the second line on the right wing in this one game here, the guy that's been playing second line right wing for you just got his fourth goal of the season and set a new career high. So Dryden Hunt, I mean, to me, He's at least earned the right to be in the mix to remain in the Ranger lineup, game in and game out going forward, maybe even after the Rangers make a trade or two at or near the trade deadline. But to keep putting him on the second line, they have to do it right now. I understand it to an extent. You could maybe make a case for giving somebody else a shot there, but he has to be playing somewhere else when the playoffs run around. And I think he will be, uh, but be that as it may, still very, very happy to see him uh, get a big goal here, get the Rangers back into the game, cut the deficit to 2-1. to one. And we will continue breaking down all the highlights and lowlights from this game in just a second. All right, just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I want to go ahead and actually talk about the third period a little bit here, and the reason for me doing this is because I just have to kind of marvel at how little actually happened in this third period. I haven't seen too many periods like this for the Rangers where it was basically just a stalemate, and on top of that, you had a very chaotic second period that saw the Rangers climb out of a 2 nothing deficit to tie the game at 2, then the Wild go on a run, they go up 5-2, to two, and then the third period ends up being scoreless, and it was basically just 20 minutes uh, bleeding off the clock. There wasn't really a whole lot going on in this game, or in the third period, excuse me. Uh, but, you know, that's not to take anything away from the Rangers either, because uh, they have been a really strong third period team this season. We talked about in either the last episode or the one before that, the Rangers are tied with the Carolina Hurricanes, or they were. You know, obviously this stuff is going to fluctuate on a nightly basis when the Rangers play, when the Hurricanes play, but they were tied with the Carolina Hurricanes as recently as their last game for the best goal differential in the third period. Both teams sported a plus 29 mark in the third period, and that's obviously something that's very, very encouraging, particularly as it pertains to a young team like the New York Rangers. Uh, But they just couldn't find that fifth gear in the third period here tonight. The only really noteworthy thing that happened in the third period, I would say, is the fact that the Rangers juggled the lines a little bit. You had Alexi Lafreniere playing with Barclay Goodrow and Filipito, so Lafreniere moved down to the third line. You also had a fourth line of Tim Gettinger, Johnny Brodzinski, and Julian Gauthier. So Gauthier moves down a line as well. And then you had Ryan Reeves up on the top line with Mika and Chris Kreider. And that's something we've seen the Rangers do recently. Uh, at least late in games, they're tossing Reeves onto the first or second line. Um, I don't really have any issues with any of these moves. I mean, it's not like I expect the Rangers to line up this way uh, in their next game on Thursday. But the fact is... Outside of just a couple of minutes in the second period there, the Rangers didn't really do a whole lot offensively, at least not compared to some other recent games that we've seen the Rangers play. And so I think this was just a shakeup. You know, I don't think that it was a demotion for anybody per se. I saw, you know, one or two Ranger fans on Twitter maybe a couple more, uh, but they were wondering, like, what did Lafreniere do to deserve to get demoted to the third line? And again, I don't really think it was a demotion as much as it was just a shakeup, just trying to find something that works, find some kind of a spark. The Rangers just could not do so in this game here tonight. Um, look, they were not at their best. I don't think it's any reason to panic or anything like that. Uh, the Rangers start the road trip one and one and like I said, they're going to be back in action on Thursday at 8 o'clock against the St. Louis Blues, looking to get back on the winning track. To me, this just comes down to you can't 
always have your A-plus game, and you're not going to win every single contest. I mean, they have to be better than this, but as I've mentioned in the past, a trademark of this New York Ranger team this season has been the ability to bounce back from a disappointing loss, and they have an opportunity to do just that when they take the ice on Thursday in St. Louis. Something else that really kind of stood out for me in this game with the Rangers, and I'll just use one example here of it in the third period, but it was just the mostly complete lack of a forecheck. The Rangers just didn't get in there and apply a lot of pressure, save for a few brief spurts here and there in the game. Uh, but, you know, there was an example of this in the third period. And again, it's just one example. I'm not going to kill everybody who was on the ice for this, but uh, there was an instance in the third, and of course the Rangers are down 5-2 to two at this point, but Dryan Hunt moves in up the left side, he gains the blue line, and you know he's on screen, and there's probably three wild skaters on screen, and then of course Cam Talbot is there as well, and that's it. You know It's just Dryden Hunt that's in the picture for the Rangers, and he doesn't have any help on this play, and he basically just has to force a shot from a really tough angle. It was never going to go in. Talbot made one of the easier saves that he made all night. And again, you know, none of Hunt's line mates, that being Panarin and Strom, were anywhere to be found. Uh, this play, like I said, uh, Hunt gained the blue line. There are no other Rangers in the screen. They're trying to force him to the boards. There are still no other Rangers on the screen. He takes a shot from a bad angle because he didn't have anything else to do with the puck at that point. Talbot makes a save. There are still no Rangers on the screen, and the Wild basically just freely skated away with the puck. And again, it's just one example, but I thought the Rangers certainly could have been better on the forecheck than they were in this game. And as far as the Wild go, you know, I, I talked about uh, Matt Zuccarello as well as Cam Talbot a couple of times here tonight. And, you know, just kind of the latest example of the Rangers being victimized by their former players. It's not like Matt Zuccarello had like an absolutely amazing, unreal night. In fact, he did just end up with the one assist. Um, but obviously he got on the score sheet. It's just the latest Ranger to get on the score sheet against their former team. And Cam Talbot had a nice night for himself. I don't think that he was under tremendous fire for, you know, a good deal of the night, but he stopped 23 or 25 shots and, uh, you know, obviously helped the Wild get this win here. So uh, good for both of them, but obviously uh, it just continues this trend of former Ranger players victimizing their old team. So we'll see what happens. We got Pavel Buchnevich up next. Hopefully the Rangers can hold him in check as they did in the last meeting between the Rangers and the Blues. And I'm definitely looking forward to that matchup. I figure we can pretty much call it there for tonight. I realize, you know, looking at the time here that it's a little bit of a shorter episode than we've been doing recently, but I think the fact that this is a shorter episode kind of just fits how this game went. You know, it's just a very matter of fact, uh, you know, something of a lackluster performance by the New York Rangers. They were not the better team. They did not deserve to win and they did not win. And that's pretty much just the long and short of it. But uh, this is the exception far more than the rule this season. Uh, and that's something that's really good if you're a Ranger fan, because on the few instances that we've seen the Rangers, you know, basically, uh, I don't want to say completely lay an egg, but again, be thoroughly outplayed. I, th I think that's a fair term to describe it. It always comes as a very big surprise this season because we're used to seeing the Rangers play well, put their best foot forward, compete hard for 60 minutes and frankly, just win far more often than not. So yeah, we can call it there, but uh, obviously we're going to be back with an episode that will recap the game against the Blues. And in tomorrow's episode, I'm thinking what we might do is take a look at potential Ranger trade targets. And we've been doing this on and off, you know, throughout the entire trade season here. But what I want to do, it's going to be a two-parter. I'm going to take a look at all 16 non-playoff teams and determine who the Rangers 
best trade target is from all 16 teams. And we're going to start tomorrow with the Eastern Conference. But that will pretty much do it for tonight, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.